It's not easy starting a new religion, but it sure is fun. It's fun trying anyway. And that's the idea of this series, Nourished from Her Bliss. Personal reflections on Gaia, what it means to be a Gaian. I'm Bart Everson. The Earth is a living, conscious being in company with cultures of many different times and places. We name these things as sacred. Air, fire, water, and earth. That's from the fifth sacred thing by Starhawk. I just got the book because a friend of mine and a fellow Guyan mentioned it's her favorite book of all time, so I got a copy. It's been on my uh, radar for a while. I opened it up and found those sentences, the very first ones in the book, just so apropos. Uh, Not only to this series, but uh, to an essay that I was working on. In fact, which I just submitted to Ecotheo Review. Ecotheo, like ecology and theology. And actually, I submitted a few weeks ago uh, this essay, and I haven't heard anything back from the editors, whether they even received it. So, you know, it's kind of like whispering into a well and waiting to hear an echo. I I heard somebody describe that as what the process of writing poetry is like. Well, this wasn't poetry by a long shot. It is my probably clumsy attempt to articulate some ideas. And I thought I'd kind of run through those ideas again here. Uh, the essay might need some work. And basically, I started with, or the germ of it in my mind, was some speculation I've had lately about how the differences, what differences there might be between modern scientific conceptions of Gaia and these ancient conceptions of Gaia. I'm I'm usually one to emphasize the commonalities. But there's probably some distinctions worth observing. And one that's occurred to me regards kind of the elemental nature of Gaia. And when I found out that the theme for this next uh, issue of Ecotheo Review was the elements. I thought this was a perfect opportunity to kind of use that as a device to explore. And so I started with that quote from Starhawk. And then I went on to describe 
the practice of uh, Guyanism, you know, that what I do in my personal practice and the fact that there are local communities meeting now in three places uh, that I know of. And, uh, but then I moved into the elements, right, the classical elements, but starting with earth. Because earth, of course, is, it's kind of got a double meaning, meaning referring both to the planet and, of course, to the element of earth, if you will, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, even from a modern perspective even, because uh, we know that all life seems to spring from the earth. And ancient people would have certainly seen that. That plant life springs from the earth and animal life depends utterly on plant life. And so earth would seem to be the mother of all. And the element of earth, they may not have they may or may not have realized the nature of our planet. There's evidence that some ancient Greeks did know that the Earth was round, and I'm sure other cultures figured that out, but, you know, whether they did or not. The point is that um, it makes sense to call this place, which as far as we know, the only place where life exists. And if life springs from the Earth, and that's a great name for this planet. But I wondered, did the ancients or maybe even indigenous cultures that have managed to retain the idea of a sacred earth, of the earth as a living being, did they see that primarily as like the earth beneath our feet? In other words, in ancient Greece, did they think of Gaia as below us, encompassing the soil and the rocks and so forth? And I contrasted that in my mind, at least with air and water, the elements of air and water. Did they see Gaia in the air, the air around us, the atmosphere, the sky? Did they see Gaia in the water, the rivers and oceans? The oceans, of course, you could say, were the domain of Poseidon in the Greek pantheon. Right, and the sky was the realm of Zeus. But was it always? I mean, they saw Gaia's coming first, so obviously Poseidon didn't rule the waves at first. And there's evidence that the cult of Gaia was very old. So I wonder if they weren't like kind of later insertions you know, mythologies change over the years and so forth. Was there a time when when they might have regarded Gaia as kind of all around us, all that is, a primordial 
ancient divine mother surrounding us on all on all sides because that's the thing that I notice when I read the scientific literature on Gaia is that the emphasis has been first on the atmosphere and then on the oceans and earth kind of comes last it's been my observation now I know I've said before I'm not a scientist but that's uh, been my reading the atmosphere in particular is what James Lovelock first observed that our atmosphere is in a state of disequilibrium and that other planets like Mars and Venus which have very stable atmospheres uh, that are in a state of equilibrium with vast amounts of uh, like over 90% carbon dioxide I believe our atmosphere is weird it's anomalous strange so Lovelock theorized that you could tell at a glance our planet is a living planet because our atmosphere shouldn't be like this. It shouldn't stay like this. With all this oxygen, how does it happen? It stayed this way for millions of years, in fact. And uh, that's the genesis of Gaia theory. The idea that life itself actually produces the atmosphere. And in the same way, water, um, there's been some attention to, you know, the salinity of seawater. Why is it at this level of salinity? If it was less or if it was more, it would not be conducive to life. So the theory is that life actually produces and maintains that level of salinity. I mean, this is the very essence of, of Gaian feedback loops. So scientists definitely see Gaia in these other elements, water and air, and in, in the soil too, in the, uh, even in the rocks, it has to be noted. I've heard a lot of good things about this documentary that's out now, uh, Kiss the Ground. Haven't watched it myself, but I've heard from a lot of people that I trust that is very good it's on Netflix and I'm, I'm planning to check it out hopefully watch it with my family maybe um, for Earth Week or something like that but the point is that the um, the soil is best understood as a living ecosystem maintained and produced by life And rocks, too. We don't, you know, scientists, most scientists are not going to say that rocks are alive. The whole question of life is another question for another time, I suppose. But, um, but Gaian scientists definitely think that rock weathering is an important Gaian process. Rock weathering being the process 
if I understand it correctly, which involves uh, actually earth, air, and water all together. The process whereby the atmosphere weather with combined with um, uh, the atmosphere, the wind and whatnot, uh, combined with action by lichens and microorganisms, breaks down rock, mountains even. And ends up uh, sequestering carbon through that process down into the ocean, removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, and it flows down to the ocean and gets used as shells by these little creatures floating around in the ocean water. Pretty amazing. And a process whereby the atmosphere is effectively regulated. And I say effectively out of respect for the idea that um, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be done with a goal in mind. It's a process that's come into existence because it works. It's not like an executive sitting up in uh, a, a tall office building made a decision go do this. That's not how Gaia works. And what about fire? Of course, it's, it's tempting. I mean, well, obviously, uh, I think wildfires are known to have a, a beneficial effect if they're allowed to happen. Well, they certainly cause a lot of grief for humans when things start burning where you know where you, <laughs> where it affects human settlements but in a way that's kind of our fault and um, you know with all sympathy and respect to people who've been affected by those disasters believe me I live in New Orleans I know about being affected by disasters so, so fire could be a guy in process in that way um, it's also tempting to me to to see um, life life itself as kind of like a fire it's kind of this process that consumes and can be destructive in, it, in its way but also regenerative transformational uh a lot of oxidation going on. And I was interested to note in my readings recently, someone, I think it was Eileen Christ, maybe, referring to the flame of life in an essay on Gaian science. So there's support for that too, but, but um, I also think uh, as Lynn Margulis has noted, the sun is an essential component of the Gaian system. Without the radiant energy from the sun, we, we really don't think anything like Gaia would exist. No life on Earth. 
just seems absolutely essential. The sun, of course, isn't even a part of this planet, right? But it's the energy source for the system in a way. I mean, there's other energy sources, but uh, the sun is, th is really the main one for life. As we know it. And that prompts me to reflect on the fact that that a theology of Gaia, if you will, is necessarily incomplete. It's a very stark contrast to certainly the theology I was raised with, to the idea of a transcendent divinity that is dependent on nothing and that everything else, you know, kind of a first cause, everything else depends on uh, this God. This is, this is like, you know, the God of Abraham, if you will, the um, Judeo-Christian or Islamic, Abrahamic God. But Gaia is not like that. Gaia is limited, finite, and presumably mortal by our human time scale, she seems immortal, but that's just because of the differential. We know that um, Gaia will probably be consumed in the sun, by the sun eventually. And that's just a, that's just a big difference. So some people do see... Um, Gaia as a local manifestation of a cosmic process. A process of creativity that's inherent in the universe. Uh, Glennis Livingston, for example, sees Gaia this way. And, you know, I'm not indifferent to such appeals, such a way of looking at things, but it just... That's where I kind of start to feel like, oh, this is over my head. It's, a, it's above my pay grade. It's, uh, the earth is enough for me. And I f kind of feel like humanity has its hands full um, with just the problems here on earth. So I'm happy. The way I, I put it in this essay was to say that uh, I'm happy to stay down to earth, that I find all love and reverence here for Gaia the immediate, Gaia the visceral, Gaia the elemental. You might be able to hear the bells ringing in the background there. I am walking around my neighborhood up in, I'm up in the cemetery once again under this giant live oak tree. Such a beautiful, beautiful day here in April 2021. We had strong storms overnight 
But now it is sunny and not a cloud to be seen. I was just talking about the power of the sun. You can really feel it uh, when you're out in it the sh under the shade here is very nice the air is cool the sun is warm well anyway now obviously I've said all I need to say because I'm telling you about the weather wherever you are whatever you're doing whether whatever the weather's like where you are that's what's important so thank you for listening and until next time, go with Gaia. Hey, you made it to the end of the episode. I am amazed and impressed. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Nourished from Her Bliss. Remember, any of the opinions expressed here have just been my own. I'm Bart Everson. They don't necessarily reflect any organization. If you want to learn more about me, you can visit barteverson.com. Feel free to reach out, get in touch, let me know what you think. You know, I just do this for love, not for money. So I'd love to get some feedback. But actually, I'd encourage you if, to learn more about Guyanism to visit a different website, and that's guyanism.org. And I'll spell it out for you just in case you're not familiar. That's G-A-I-A-N-I-S-M.org. And you'll find a wealth of information about the path of Guyanism, some thoughtful reflections by other people, maybe occasionally by me. And you'll be able to connect to a community there, which I think is very important. So again, thanks for listening. <laughs>